Welcome to the Pretty Happy Podcast. My name is Sam. And I'm Sarah, and we're the parents of Zoe, a child with Rett Syndrome. And it is a new year. It is indeed. How are you feeling about 2021, Sarah? I don't know. I feel like 2020 is just dragging into 2021 a little bit. Somebody somebody told me today they felt like we were still living in March. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) Right? I don't feel it to that extent, but I do feel it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, I could definitely understand where they were coming from on that. But if that was true, I completely understand Groundhog Day. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> the uh, movie. Yeah. 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 I, I always thought it would be fun to relive the same day over and over again because there was essentially no consequences. I feel like that would be but terrible. Now I get it. Yeah. It would be terrible. You got any... Uh, New Year's resolutions? Not really. Me neither. I know, because you don't make <laughs> New Year's resolutions. No, I don't. <laughs> I have I have things that I would like to accomplish this next year, but I'm not calling them resolutions because I didn't make them like at the end of the year to start this year. Mm-hmm. Like they're not specifically New Year's resolutions; they're just goals that I would like to do at some point. Oh, so like some point in this year? Well, they may <laughs> not happen in this year. They may be further down the road than that, but just teasing you. <laughs> I know because you're a butthead. I am. I am. So uh, Sarah mentioned that I don't make New Year's resolutions, and several years ago. For some reason, I just got fed up with all these New Year's resolutions and so much disappointment because I make these plans and they weren't even big plans. It was that's it was probably why things. they never worked. What you, no, like I just didn't. I could have done them, but I didn't do them. But I feel like those ones are always the ones that you don't do or the simple things. Because you're like, oh, I've got time. Oh, I can yeah. do it later. Yeah. But like the big stuff, like bigger things, you're like, oh, I got to do this and this and this and this and this. And there's so much I've got to do. Yeah. And so you just like jump on it and you start doing it. Whereas the simple things, I'm like, oh, I've got time. I can do that later. Yeah. And then before you know it, the year is over. Yeah. And you haven't done any of it. Yeah. So anyways, I uh, made a New Year's resolution to not make New Year's resolutions. And I've, I've kept to it. Um. Yes, you have. I remember the first time, our first New Year's, and I was trying to write out my own resolutions and was like, what are you doing for resolutions? Uh-huh. And I was pissed at you because <laughs> you weren't going to make resolutions with me. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then you were like, oh, but, but you know, we can talk January 1st, we can, or January 2nd, we can, we can talk about goals that we want to do. Yeah. Why couldn't we just talk about it before? Because it, the, the appearance of it just doesn't work for me. We're, we've gone off on a tangent that doesn't need yes, to be discussed. And, and I'm in the right. Whatever, but <laughs> we've already discussed it. So It is. It is discussed. And it is what it is. So, yes. Well, I've got our special lead-up segment for uh, today. Uh, if you haven't noticed, we've been trying to do <laughs> something so ridiculous and stupid. We Sorry. we have not. You I have been. I was just going to correct myself. Have. It's one hundred percent me. Um, for whatever reason, I decided to start saying all of our lead up segments into our uh, main story. <laughs> I named them with two words that begin with T. I don't know why. Just because I thought it would be funny, and I couldn't come up with anything today. <laughs> So if so, anybody has suggestions, yeah, yeah, let us know. But I wanted to read a story that I recently found out about. Sarah's known about it for a while. But when I read it, for me, it perfectly described my biggest driving force behind wa- wanting to create this podcast. And that was to highlight different sides of... of having an individual in your family with special needs. And I'm sure many of you have probably already seen this story or read this story before. And so I apologize if I am (laughs) just 
a broken record for you. But for me, this is a, this was kind of a big deal, and I want to share it with you. So it is called Welcome to Holland, and the author, her name is Emily Pearl Kingsley. I am often asked to describe the experience of raising a child with a disability to try to help people who have not shared that unique experience to understand it, to imagine how it would feel. It's like this. When you're going to have a baby, it's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy. You buy a bunch of guidebooks and make your wonderful plans, the Colosseum, the Michelangelo David, the gondolas in, in Venice, and you may learn some handy phrases in Italian. It's all very exciting. After months of eager anticipation, the day finally arrives. You pack your bags and off you go. Several hours later, the plane lands and the stewardess comes in and says, Welcome to Holland. Holland, you say? What do you mean, Holland? I signed up for Italy. I'm not supposed to be in, or I'm supposed to be in Italy. All of my life, I've dreamed of going to Italy. But there's been a change in the flight plan. They've landed in Holland, and there you must stay. The important thing is that they haven't taken you to a horrible, disgusting, filthy place full of pestilence, famine, and disease. It's just different. So you must go out and buy new guidebooks. You must learn a whole new language, and you'll meet a whole new group of people. It's just a different place. It's slower paced than Italy, less flashy. But after you've been there for a while, you catch your breath and you look around. And you begin to notice that Holland has windmills and Holland has tulips. Holland even has Rembrandts. But everyone you know is busy coming and going from Italy. And they're all bragging about what a wonderful time they've had there. And the rest of your life, you will say, yes, that's where I was supposed to go. That's what I had planned. And the pain of that will never, ever, ever go away. Because the loss of that dream is a very significant loss. But if you spend your life mourning the fact that you didn't go to Italy, you may never be free to enjoy the very special and very lovely things about Holland. I don't know that I can say anything else to really encapsulate my feelings on that. I'm crying. So. I can see. <laughs> <laughs> it gets me every time. <laughs> but it's so true. It is. It's so true. It's having having any sort of disability um, brought into your family, be it Rett syndrome in our case, depression, even a, a horrible tragedy, you know, a, a death of a parent, you know, it's not where we planned to go. And absolutely, we should take time to mourn. But at some point, there's you, you, you've got to acknowledge that mourning only goes so far in helping you live a fulfilling life and accepting that, hey, you know, I may have not gotten where I wanted to be, but I'm still in some place that's decent. I have people around me that care for me and love me. And I mean, I don't know. That's kind of how I felt for the past year since we uh, received Zoe's diagnosis is that, yeah, this isn't where I wanted to be. But it's what we've got. And so, dang it, I made myself cry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was reminded of when uh, we got the preliminary diagnosis and we were sitting around the kitchen table. And we've already shared this, but I was holding Zoe's hand. And, you know, our plan was we would travel the world together, just the two of us, once the kids all moved on. Yep. And I smiled and through tears I said, well... Yes, it's the three of us now. <laughs> and and yeah. it was hard. But, you know, I'd rather have Zoe the way she is than not at all. Even though she bugs the heck out of me sometimes. <laughs> all of our kids bug me sometimes. <laughs> but she's great. Yeah.
Welcome back. We are going to jump right into our main story for this episode. And several weeks ago, Sarah and I had the awesome opportunity of meeting Tracy Hoing. And Tracy uh, comes from Australia. And so it took a lot of jumbling around of time to figure out how are we going to do this. Yes, it did. But oh man, was it worth it. And for those of you that um, don't know, Tracy is very active on social media. And yes. she definitely is a wonderful advocate for the community. So if you haven't checked out any of her stuff, it, it's hard not to find it. Uh, she actually has a podcast of her own that she does every so often, she mainly has, in October. She has two podcasts. What? Yeah. I didn't know there was two. What yeah, was the she's second got, one? Uh, it's, oh, what is it called? We haven't mentioned the first one. The first one is uh, Remarkable. So if you haven't uh, listened to Remarkable, it is a wonderful series of telling stories of families uh, with uh, with children who have Rett syndrome. So that's another great podcast for you to be able to check out. What was the other one? Sarah? Yeah. So it's called, um, this quote changed my life. Oh yes, 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 yes. So she that. takes like a quote that had an influence or an impact on her life and she just shares about it and talks about it for maybe five, 10 minutes. I've been listening to them in the morning as I'm like starting my day and they're fantastic. There you go. There you go. And they're so, real short, so I don't feel like I'm like, I have to sit and just listen and listen mm-hmm. and listen. It's just the perfect amount of time. They're awesome. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that one. Thanks for reminding me. So yeah, those are a couple of great podcasts for you to be able to uh, check out that Tracy does. She has a couple of Instagram pages uh, that she posts stuff about. She's all over. All over the place. Tracy is great. So without any further ado, we're going to jump right into the interview. We are lucky enough to have with us on the podcast today, Tracy Hoing, who's coming from us all the way across from the other side of the world in Australia, New South Wales. Tracy, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited. It is so awesome to finally speak to you in person. We had to push this off last week. Weren't feeling so great, but you're doing good today, right? I'm I'm hanging in there as much (laughs) as a... A parent, you know, with a special needs kid can, um, you got to take care of yourself, but I'm doing much better. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Tracy, why don't you go ahead and introduce us to your family, yourself, and especially Jovi. Tell us about all of them. Oh, okay. Well, um, we are a family of five. Me and my husband, Reagan, have three kids, Uh, Jasper, who is 13, Jovi in the middle, who is 11, and our youngest son, Miles, is seven. And yeah, we live in Sydney, Australia. Um, Jovi is uh, an amazing little girl, um, diagnosed with Brett syndrome when she was three. Uh, and um, she really is one of the strongest and most resilient people I know. Uh, it's You're probably aware of how how much they go through and it's just amazing the strength that these these children have um yeah she's the best part of my my day my life that's how i feel too i love going in and waking zoe up in the morning even yeah. uh, even yeah. on the mornings when she's not having a great morning i was gonna say when mm. do you ever go in and wake her up on the weekends she's usually <laughs> awake on the weekends probably Ooh. tomorrow uh, after a long day of therapies, yeah. like she, she had did a long day today. today yeah. So, but wow. yeah, no, she, you're, you're all right. Yeah. She usually, I was going to say she's always awake before us. Not always. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> 4 a.m. We can hear her at four at 1 a.m. Three, you know, all kinds. Yeah. She's already, Joby's already awake yeah. Um, oh, yeah. for us. And I get up at five in the morning and she's ready to go. Holy cow. <laughs> we we turn on some music yeah. for her yeah. for for Zoe. Yeah. Do you do anything like that for Jovi to keep her entertained when she's well, up at one in the morning? <laughs> we we haven't. She, her room is the biggest single room in the house. She's got all the pictures and things on her walls if she can see them oh. in the dark. But I've actually taken um, a page out of your book and I bought her a I think it's a Google Nest or Santa bought her a Google Nest um, for Christmas that I'm going to start. You know syncing some music to it and some cues and things so that she can entertain herself as she needs. So that's, that's awesome. Nice. 
Yeah, we, I can't wait. We, I'm sorry, but we just absolutely love our smart devices, and we it do. was all my idea, right, it Sarah? Was. <laughs> I was completely <laughs> against all of them initially. Yeah, it was. It all started yeah. selfishly, but honestly, as soon as I started, uh, as soon as we joined the uh, Rett Syndrome family community, um, the various Facebook groups, and connecting with people, I began to realize that there are real practical uses for those devices. And I, I just don't think many people know about it yet. So I'm really excited for Joby to yeah. be able to, yeah. to enjoy that because yeah. I think it I really think enhances she's... their lives. Yeah, and she, after um, experimenting with different ways to communicate with her, the iGaze computer has always been the one that worked the easiest for her. She was able to use her eyes to flip the pages on the computer mm -hmm. and um, high tech has always been something that I liked. And, Again, I didn't want to be selfish and go, oh, she needs this and that. But then you kind of influenced me to just give it a go and, <laughs> you know, see what we can do and what we can make um, automated for her. Yeah. Um, because she's an 11-year-old girl. She's 11 now. And what would I like to be doing when I'm 11? What is mm -hmm. her brother doing? Um, he's 13, so he's closer to her age. And um, I think tech can be a really good thing. Um, I'm not keen on the idea of maybe people listening in. But we'll switch it off or we'll unplug it for a bit when it's not being used. But yeah. I think it's going to be a real, a real exciting thing to try. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just had a, a Sam thought. Oh. You should get a smart oh. switch for it, oh. like outlet. Oh, And then yeah. you can yeah. just turn it off on your phone. Ooh, yeah. On or off on your phone. Oh. Yeah. So you can get okay. a, a Wi-Fi outlet that you plug yeah. into your wall outlet. And then it, it sits in between your wall outlet and whatever device that you have. And we opted to buy one of those. Zoe is on a CPAP and her brother mm -hmm. loves to play with the humidifier uh, during the day. And so we were really sick of having to go in and double check to make sure it had been turned off and whatnot. And so yeah. we got one of these smart uh, outlets that you just plug into the wall, you plug the device in, and then um, you, depending on the device that you have, you can actually use your voice to turn that on and off. But if you don't want to use your voice, you can use your phone mm -hmm. to turn it on and off. And wow. uh, so, yeah, that would be one, one way that you could uh, handle the privacy with that. That's a really good idea, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> oh. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'll definitely be looking that up. I think it would be really good um, just to give things a go and make sure that you're doing it in a way that you're comfortable with because everybody's mm -hmm. got you know different levels of privacy. Um, but I'm just excited for her to just see what she can do. There's, there's limitless things that these girls and boys have in store, but we just have to access it in a way that um, makes sense to them. Yeah. Yep. So this could be it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like learning a second language um, because yeah. uh, none of us here, I, 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 I don't know about you personally, Tracy, but at least myself and Sarah are not fluent on eye gaze devices. No. <laughs> we are not good with them. We're working no, on it. Yeah. yeah. We're getting better. Yeah. yeah so, better. Um, but, but our kids, they're the ones that are really going to use it. And so understanding not just those verbal cues that they'll be able to do with the eye gaze, but then also um, their actions, their their body movements, um, what they're doing with their faces, yeah. the grimaces, the smiles, the laughter, all of that. It, it takes yeah. a, a tuned ear, takes a tuned eye to be able to know exactly what it is that they're experiencing. So, yeah. yeah, you're right. It is a whole different other language. Um, not, I'm very comfortable with the tech stuff. I used to work in web development before I stopped to be a carer for Jovi. So I'm able to set up her iGaze computer, no problem. It's just that um, getting her to use it and to use it well has been a really big issue for us. So we're still trying to find the right speech therapist um, to help me and to help Jovi mm -hmm. learn a system, one system, because we've been all over the place for many <laughs> years. But um, that's one of our biggest goals for next year, especially um, going into her last year's primary school before she heads to high school, mm -hmm. um, which would be really, which would be really good. I'm really excited. That's awesome. Well, good luck to you guys on that. Um, hopefully, you, you find a system that, that works for the two of you and you can uh, improve your communication yeah. even more. Yeah. Um, well, so for those of you listening, one of the main reasons I wanted to invite Tracy onto the episode today is I have been so impressed with 
all of the different ways that she has been bringing awareness to the Rett syndrome community. And you make it look so effortless. <laughs> and I'm always so impressed with everything that you do. And you having just mentioned that you worked in web development for quite some time, I yeah. now understand a lot more about yeah. uh, your background and whatnot. But I wanted to talk with you a little bit about yeah. um, when, beginning with how you decided you wanted to advocate for your daughter and the community. And mm -hmm. what have, what has been your favorite ways to be able to do that? Well, like many parents have mentioned before, I think Jenny mentioned it, I think maybe on your podcast, but definitely um, I just saw Magnolia's Hope an hour ago and I'm still emotional from it. Um, when you get that diagnosis of Rett syndrome, you're told not to Google it. And we don't listen to that, do we? We go ahead no, nope. and we Google it because we don't have any information other than maybe an outdated pamphlet they might give us. Yep. Um, and that was our case when we were diagnosed eight years ago. Um, there really wasn't um, any updated information about Rett syndrome, the families, what the kids are going through, um, positive stories about our families. And uh, first we started off fundraising and that was good, but I, it was burning me out trying to ask people for money um, for the cure. And um, that wasn't my skill set. My skill set was in, you know, web design, graphic design, photography. Um, I love learning about things, technical things. So um, gradually it went from making graphics to share on Facebook or through Instagram, from sharing our story through a blog into making a podcast last year and then into the YouTube series this year. Um, I want to be able to provide families, not only living with Rett syndrome right now, but the ones that will be diagnosed in the future to Google something, Google Rett syndrome and to find us, to find not only Remarkable, but you guys too, and Magnolia's Hope, and everybody else that is putting out their stories and providing comfort. Um, that's my number one goal, and that's why, that's why I do it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly why I've wanted to do this podcast, yep. is we mm -hmm. have the exact same experience. The first content that we saw was content that was designed to raise money. Uh, it was yeah. heart-wrenching. And and there's, there's a purpose and there's a need for that to bring awareness Absolutely. to what's going on. We had a great conversation with uh, Jenny and AJ Tesler, and we talked mm -hmm. about the need for uh, bringing money into yes. research and development for a cure for, for Rett syndrome. But at the same time, we also need to think about the mental and emotional well-being yeah. of new families who are coming into our community. And there is way too much content readily available that is very sad. And mm -hmm. you look at the stuff that you're putting out, like you mentioned, Magnolia's Hope. Um, we've got mm -hmm. um, uh, Olivia and Naomi Carlisle, who we've also interviewed. Their content is mm -hmm. so awesome and fun and uplifting. And it's truthful. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not a lie. It's the honest truth that, yeah, we have our ups and downs, but what family doesn't? Even if a family doesn't have yeah. a child with special needs, they're going to have their yeah. ups and downs. And so let's be honest and let's definitely highlight those good times and show that there is there is happiness at the end of this yeah. long, long tunnel. And and that's part of building inclusion as well. I, I'm not speaking for anybody else but myself. Um, I don't want to be seen as special or different or superhuman um, just because we have this diagnosis of Rett syndrome. Um, I would like to be more included in the community as a family that's a little bit different, but what family isn't different? Yeah. Um, so putting out our authentic stories and so people can learn about our families, but also relate to our families because we're more alike. We've got some hardships. There's some really hard times, but um, having that inclusion um, makes me feel more supported if it's in the wider community, not just in the Rett syndrome family um, and community and worldwide, but if people could just see us as, you know, regular family. Yeah. Well, and there's, so there's a quote, and I don't know where it came from, but there's a quote that I love mm -hmm. that's, normal is just a setting on your dishwasher. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's so yeah. true, though, because we're just yeah. a normal, normal family. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. what does normal mean anyway, you know? Because you've always got... Yeah. 
you've always got different families that are like, oh, well, we do this and we do that. And I'm like, okay, well, that's different. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so what's normal? Like, Everybody's different. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody is different. Everybody's got their thing. And this Rett syndrome happens to be our thing, you know? Yeah. Exactly. It, while both of you were talking, the thought that came into my mind is that we, um, as humans, naturally like to gravitate to individuals who have a similar shared experience. But it's not mm-hmm. necessarily specific to, um, in our instance, it's going to be a child with special needs. And while, yes, having these relationships and these friendships are absolutely wonderful and to be able to bounce ideas and share um, struggles and successes mm-hmm. that we're having is great. Uh, people will also reach out to those who have a shared um, religious background. Yeah. Um, if they're passionate about a sports team, they're going to want to connect with one another. And yeah. you don't necessarily yeah. share everything that's happening in your life with those respective communities. Those who are passionate about a specific sports team aren't necessarily going to be talking a whole bunch about their home life and what's happening in their families. Mm. They may share a little bit about it. But not as much as maybe somebody attending a religious service, you know, with uh, other parishioners. Um, that that may be something that they want to talk a little more openly about. But then they may not talk about their favorite sports team. You know, we we build these mm-hmm. communities and we connect with one another. And I think you make a really good point, Tracy, that oftentimes uh, families who have individuals with special needs, whether they be high functioning, or they may be confined uh, to devices and equipment. They're off. We're often um, we're we're put in the spotlight and then we're put out of the spotlight. Like we're mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of a weird situation, and I don't I don't really understand how that came about because we're we're normal families. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, like Sarah said, normal's a setting on a dishwasher. We all have uh, struggles and issues. Something. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was just about to say something and I've forgotten about. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that it's it's a very hard title to live up to as well when you yes. see other parents going, doing everything, and you think, I've got to be like that too. And then why aren't I like that? Why can't I fundraise? Why can't I do the fun runs? You know, why aren't I decorating my house purple or, you know, running around the town? And it's that's a very hard thing to live up to. And um, if I could tell any parent, whether they have a Rett syndrome child or not, is that you don't have to do what they do. You do you. Um, You've got to live your life and you've got to be, you've got to take care of yourself and you can do the things that if you want to do fundraising or if you want to, you know, do a YouTube or a podcast, you can, um, but make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons and taking care of your your own energy and your own health um, because it can run away with you. Um, Yeah. Well, and trying I thought, to trying to know everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought when, when we first got diagnosed and they're like, do fundraisers, do events, do mm. this, do that, share this, share that. Yeah, and I was no, like, no, no, no. there is so much, like, what am I supposed to There's be doing right now? Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I can't do all of this. And like, even no, no. our first, after getting our diagnosis, we got through, I got through half the month of October posting about Rett syndrome mm-hmm. and then I couldn't do it anymore. I just stopped. Yeah. I was like, I yeah. just can't, I just can't handle it. Granted at that point we hadn't even been diagnosed for a year, but mm-hmm. I just couldn't do it. I was exhausted. I was like, I don't know how people are doing yeah. all these fundraisers and all of this stuff. Uh, I can't, yeah, I can't even and do it. And that's why I only do my podcast or my YouTube in the month of October. I, I know it's coming up. Yeah. But the rest of the year, I need the year to be organizing the therapies and yeah. you know, taking care of my other children and the marriage and my own health. Um, you have to, for me, I had to plan out these things um, because I, I love raising awareness. I love doing it. It's, it's one of the best times of the year, but also the busiest times of the year. Um, so if you're, as long as you're aware of your own energy levels and your schedule, um, go for it. But don't do it because you think that you have to you have to do it. You have to do all the things because everybody else is. And exactly. You don't exactly. do it, you feel so bad. But no, no, do what you can. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, focus put on individuals who are putting their story out there in the public and really pushing it out there for others to be able to see. And and while that sort of advocacy is great, I, I think what's not championed, not no, I don't think champions. Um, the right word. 
um, recognized. I don't. I think what's not recognized enough is that parents who are being advocates for their children, uh, for their education, making sure that they are receiving a quality mm-hmm. education just like their mm-hmm. peers are uh, throughout the rest of the school, making sure that they are receiving the same kind of help and health care that they deserve as anybody else who would be going into a hospital or uh, a clinic or something like that. That mm-hmm. in and of itself is a very important form and it's a very intimate form of advocacy because it's on a personal level. Yeah. You are addressing your um, your family's situation. And so I think you, mm-hmm. you make a very good point that first and foremost, your advocacy needs to be for, um, it needs to be selfishly for your own family, your own well-being, your child's well-being. Yeah, no, I don't think yeah. it's selfish. I, no. I, think, I think selfish has a negative connotation. It but it's okay to be selfish, I believe, in, in this sort of situation. When, when you fair. are dealing with something that it, it can be very destruct, uh, destructive, like Rett syndrome, it is absolutely okay to be selfish and say, no, no, we need to be heard. We need to be recognized and acknowledged. Um, I think you're right that it's not the right connotation that it, I want it to come mm. across as, but... I, maybe the word choice. Um, you need to make the choice as to where your energy goes today, mm-hmm. this year, this week. Yeah. Where is it going to go? And to, like I said before, make sure that you're d- dividing your time and your energy to the right things mm-hmm. um, for your family. Yeah. What's been yeah. your uh, favorite way to outwardly uh, advocate for uh, your daughter, Jovi? Um, I actually really like going into her school um, and talking to her teachers and teaching them about Jovi and her specific needs and my goals for her. I think that um, all her teachers have been so fantastic. We love the school that she's been in. We're so lucky to be there. Um, but the opportunity to teach them a little bit more about Rett syndrome and about Jovi, um, I really like, which sounds a bit strange, um, sitting in a meeting room with you know all the head teachers and her teachers and other therapists and saying, actually, no, this is what I think Jovi needs. Um, that's, I guess I get a little rush from it. That sounds a bit strange. Yeah. Um, of course, doing all of the things online, the podcast and the YouTube and everything is fantastic. But having that one-on-one with someone in a room um, can feel pretty good because, you know, as you know, as Rhett parents, you know your child and you know enough about Rhett syndrome to know what you want for your child. So being able to address those issues straight on is a pretty powerful thing. Yeah. It is. You're you're sitting in the driver's seat when you're having those one-on-one conversations, yeah. whether that be with a teacher or you're in the uh, grocery store and uh, your mm-hmm. your child is is having a fit or something like that, and or yeah. they're just being themselves and they're drawing attention by being themselves. It's mm-hmm. it's exhilarating because people can't get away from you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unlike on social media on on the internet. It's easy to scroll yeah. by. It's easy to say, nah, I'm not going to read that blog post or watch that video. And mm-hmm. but but as soon as you are face to face, it's really hard for somebody to say, I'm not interested in yeah. this. I'm going to walk away, especially yeah. as parents when we are so passionate. I mean, it's our yeah. own children. Of course, we're going to be excited and enthusiastic about it. Yeah, and we know them. We know all their little things and what is a seizure and isn't a seizure and having to explain what to do when no, she's actually not doing sign language. That's a Rett syndrome thing, you know, with the hands. Um, Being able to teach people face to face, even doctors at the kids hospital, you have to, they actually know this is what it is and they learn something. And if I can teach, teach them and they can go away with something new that day about Rett syndrome and about Jovi, then that's a win. Yeah, definitely. Well, so what's, what, um, has advocating for Jovi done for you? Has that made changes in you? Had that, has that, uh, maybe even changed your outlook on, on, on your life situation with her? How has that changed you? I think that, um, I'm a bit more outspoken than I think I would have been without having Jovi in my life. I think that it's forced me to think more creatively about how I want to um, 
talk about Rett syndrome and talk about my children and talk about, you know, what her life is going to be like, but also um, about what my life is like now, because I couldn't have predicted this, you know, you don't ever think that you're going to have a child that has a rare genetic disorder and you have to memorize what the genetic disorder is and, you know, explain to people and advocate every single day of your life. So it's changed me in a way um, for the better, obviously. <laughs> I think that I would, yeah, I would be totally different, a different person without having to learn all this new stuff. Um, yeah. That's forward. <laughs> no, and I, so I don't even know if I've told you this, Sam. Um, so when, when we decided to get pregnant, my, my number one fear was that we would have a child with special needs. Not because there's yeah. anything wrong yeah. with, no, no, no. with anybody with special yeah. needs, but because I wasn't sure if I could mentally and physically handle it. Like mentally yeah. and physically handle everything that they would need and and the the pressure that it would put on me. And that's mm. what I was like I was afraid that I would be a bad parent if I had a child with special needs because I wouldn't be able to like rise to the occasion. So I was terrified of that. Like that was like my number one please. I think a lot of people are they, they just are. That's because I was I was one of the things. I was just yeah. scared. Like I was yeah. honestly scared. And so when we had Zoe and everything was going good, I was like, "Oh, we're fine. Mm -hmm. We can do this. And then mm -hmm. she started regressing. And then we got the diagnosis. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. no. But now yeah. that we've been in this for a little while, I'm like, OK, I can handle this. It's going to be OK. Mm -hmm. Because we've taken mm -hmm. it like one step at a time. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, well, OK, I can I can do this now. I'm I'm not as terrified of this as I thought that I would be. Mm. And it's a roller coaster. It is. It is. <laughs> and the thing is, like, you just rise to the occasion. And it's incredible yeah. because you changed because you have to. Like, you don't have a choice. It's you your kid. Yeah. And yeah. so you just the rise to the occasion and you just do it. Yeah. Well, like you said, we, we don't have a choice. I think that's why I mentioned before that um, I don't like to be thought of as some sort of super mum. Like, yes. I hate that term because any mother or any father and any carer, carer would rise to the occasion when faced with the things that we're faced with it's not a choice we do it because we love them and they're our, they're exactly. our children yeah um so you know along the way we've built this resilience that might look like a superpower <laughs> to others but actually yes. that's just the way we parent this is the way we're parenting and um you know, there's no award for it. No one's handing me any awards for it, but um, yeah. we do it because we love them and this is what they deserve. Um, and this is how I want to parent. Exactly. Well, and I think too, a lot of times people look in at your life and they see everything that you're doing all at the same time. Mm. And it's like, mm. no, we started doing this and then we added this and then we added this and then yeah. we added this. We didn't start every single thing yeah, all at right the at the same yeah. time. So we had time at least a little bit of time to kind of acclimate adding yeah adding things to it mm -hmm. so and and i'm i'm with you i hate the i hate the you're a super mom you're yeah. a, and i'm like no 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 i'm not Why? special i'm not super i'm just a regular person taking care of my child yeah. like that is yeah. it yeah. But, yeah we we're just we we're, we're still having you know 4 a.m meltdowns or hiding in the closet eating chocolate because yeah. we just can't handle it anymore <laughs> that still happens we're all we're normal we're just faced with different challenges and um we're, we're just handling it the best we can exactly yeah i had something to say and it completely slipped my mind because i started thinking about chocolate <laughs> Um, <laughs> mm, yeah, see the chocolate, the chocolate will get you. It, it does. Yeah. And now I'm completely lost in what I was going to say, because I just want chocolate now, <laughs> but it's, that, I, that's, I think that's the way everybody handles, I mean, new jobs, uh, moving to a new town, something changes. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Changes it generally is we take it one day at a time, step by step mm -hmm. and uh, you look back on your, you're like, wow, that's, that's really impressive, but it takes yeah. a lot of time to get there. 
And when it comes to, you know, deciding what you want to do when it comes to advocacy, making that conscientious choice that it's okay that it may take time for me to maybe hold one fundraiser or even just to ask a neighbor, would you please donate $10 to research Mm. for my child's disease? I think it could be as easy as, or as not as easy as, but as, as simple as sharing your child's diagnosis with somebody. Yes. Like, that as well. That as well. Yeah, like uh, just holding, spreading. The, yeah. Holding an event, mm-hmm. uh, doing, doing a strollathon, a walkathon, a marathon, any of that sort of stuff to mm-hmm. bring awareness, acknowledging that it, it's okay. It's okay because um, this is a huge change and it's going to take some time to adjust and become comfortable with where you're at to then be able mm-hmm. to put anything else on your shoulders where you would feel okay with whatever it is that you decide to do. Yeah, especially in that first year of diagnosis, I think that you feel a bit helpless. So you think, oh, I need to do the fundraising. Let me jump on this. Let me direct all my energy to this because yay, we've got a diagnosis and we're going to run with it. And then you you find that over the years, you can't keep doing that level of energy um you know and that's okay that's my biggest message i want to put out there it's okay that you can't maintain that high level of excitement and fundraise and awareness totally fine um well for things going on yeah yeah absolutely well for those who are interested in um using different platforms to bring awareness mm. to what their child is experiencing. What are some of the tools that you have used, Tracy, uh, to um, to create a website and a podcast and videos and, and all of that stuff? What are some of the tools that you have used to curate your content and bring it out there? Oh, you mean the actual <laughs> the software and yeah, things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For anybody interested okay. in using some of those things. Okay, because I could get a little techie here. Um, and it might not make sense to a lot of people. Okay. So, um, the website I actually build myself. Um, so I can't really give a specific, really short answer to that, but there are some really great, um, self-hosting websites. Even if you just sign up for a blog, I think a blog spot or a Wix site or something that is, it's free. There's a lot of free things that you can do. Even if you set up a Facebook page, um, which is free to do, um, and then start posting about your lives that's a great start um, for, I use a lot of illustrator and Photoshop and Lightroom for my Instagram or my Facebook pictures um, just to get them out there. Um, what else do I do? Podcast. I did use anchor. I know you guys use anchor FM as well. So that's free to use, um, which was one of the most exciting things that I found because I thought podcasting would be too expensive too hard to do but anchor has made it really easy um, for anybody to set up a, a podcast for free um, and I use uh, audacity to do my editing for that for my YouTube series I use a trusty old iPhone um, and I got the other families just to use their iPhone and a basic microphone to send me their stories uh, and then I just pop them into cyberlink power director I think I've got one of the oldest versions but it works and um, made the the video series that way. So I, you know, everything was very basic. Um, I didn't want to waste any time or energy or my money on buying the fanciest of things when the simplest of things can get your message across really easy. So those are the the main things that I use to touch on all those social platforms. Yeah. One thing that I haven't shared on this podcast yet is. Uh, I have a background in marketing and PR. And in my previous uh, office that I was working in, a coworker of mine and I came up with an idea for wanting to do a weekly uh, uh, video series where we would just bring awareness to whatever it is that we wanted to talk about happening in the company. And we, we did it one week and we didn't put a whole lot of effort into it. We just wanted to kind of dip our toe in and see how it went. Mm -hmm. And it went really, really well. And so he and I talked it over for a bit and we agreed that we would spend no more 
than an hour a week working on putting together this 10-minute, 5 to 10-minute live stream. It was the most effective use of our time. It did not cost us a dollar. It did not cost the company any money other than our time for working. It was it was great. And I that's that's what I think people need to recognize is most mm-hmm. of the stuff that people are doing for social media out there now and bringing awareness to tons of different causes, they're using free mm-hmm. platforms. There is so much free yeah. in the world. And it's not just 30-day trials. It's not a week-long trial. No. It's here's the basics of it. If you want to pay and get some more, mm-hmm. you can. Uh, one of my favorite yep. uh, tools for... Um, uh, design and uh, graphic art is canva.com. C-A-N-V-A. Yeah. It is yeah. a lifesaver. It is free. It is 100% yeah. free if you want to pay for it and get some other great tools and and images and stuff like that with it. Great. You can pay for it. It's awesome. But you can just use it for free. Uh, you mentioned Audacity for audio editing. That's what we mm-hmm. use for this as well. It's oh, free. It doesn't cost it's anything. Free, yeah. It's yeah. great. Yeah. You don't have to pay for Adobe Audition and, and pay 20 no. bucks a month for it. Um, and, and it doesn't have a massive learning curve either. That's the other great thing about yeah. all of these different platforms for creating a website. Wix. I love Wix. It is so yeah. awesome. It is so simple yeah. and easy to use. Um, anybody who has no background in in creating a website, can go in, mm-hmm. they have great templates that'll get you started, and they just walk you through the process. It's it's awesome. It is so great. Yeah, we, we're so lucky to live in a time where all these things now are so easily um, available to us. Um, when I started in web design, oh gosh, it, it would have been 19 years ago it was hard. Mm-hmm. It was, you had to come to complete companies like um, ours to get your website done because yeah. there was no way you could ever figure it out. Um, but now you can just, you set up an Instagram account, you can jump on a live yeah. or just, you know, record stories to get your videos and your, your lives out there so easily. Um, so if anybody is thinking about sharing their stories you don't have to go all fancy Mm -hmm. Um, just start very simply and just start with what you have don't worry about buying you know the latest camera or the microphone setup or your lighting you know just jump on what you have already and you're good to go yeah what's most important is the story uh what the the yeah the content of the photo or the video is is not so much important as what the story is um coming from that yeah well, there's a lot of, um, in social media, there's a lot of competition on, I have to look Instagram ready or, you mm-hmm. know, every, the house looks it needs to look pretty or I need to put makeup on or, you know, I don't have the right clothes for this. I mean, that's not the main point. The point is your story yeah. about your experience and people will see that and they won't care about the fancy stuff, you know, yeah. if you're telling your authentic story. So. Yeah. Get onto it, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the the other thing that um, kind of goes along with what both both of you were talking about when it comes to making a choice. When you make a choice to mm-hmm. be a little bit more public, you don't have to be everywhere. No. You can no. you can make a choice about being in one specific place. I know there's um, there's a family on TikTok right now. And oh, yeah. that's all they post to. I think they take their videos, they download them from TikTok and then they um, put them over on their Instagram mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But they, they wouldn't have to. They're doing great work on, on TikTok to bring awareness to what's happening with their child. And they just do that. That is great. Yeah. That is awesome. If all you want to do, all you can man- mentally handle is one thing, whether that be hosting an event that you hold once a year to bring awareness, mm-hmm. or if it's posting like what Sarah did this past October, posting once a week, posting once during the month, or maybe posting every yeah. day talking mm-hmm. about Rett syndrome. Great. That, that's, that is awesome that you're able to do that. You don't have to be everywhere. No. And that's, that's a really good saying for everybody. You don't have to be doing all the things. Um, pick one thing that you enjoy as well. Um, I've not gotten into TikTok, but I do like Instagram reels. 
<laughs> um, pick something that you can be consistent at that you like to do that people um, can access easily like Instagram or TikTok or Facebook and run with it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be all the things. It doesn't have to be YouTube or you don't have to be the best at it. You just need to start. Yeah. Yeah. And oftentimes having that trial and error period in the first oh, yeah. probably year yeah. of doing it um, is going to be more helpful than all of the research that you could do on, you know, how to use yeah. the appropriate hashtags for my post or oh. Yeah. How I don't even know what else because it's just all over the place. And so make it simple for yourself. Uh, don't stress yourself out about it. Do what you are most comfortable with and what makes you happy too. Yeah. Because in the end, it should be a fulfilling experience. Like you were mentioning, Tracy, for yeah. you, talking with Jovi's teachers is incredibly fulfilling. Mm. Any any yeah, sort of I advocacy should be fulfilling. And just on that social media thing is don't – don't be, don't feel like you have to share everything as well. Um, I know that I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, you know, I've got the podcast and everything, but there is a lot that I don't talk about online um, for Joby's privacy, for my boy's privacy, for my husband's privacy. Um, you don't have to share everything, you know, yep. don't feel like I was gonna you've say, got to talk about everything. I didn't yeah. know that Tracy had three kids. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she had two. See? I thought yeah. she had to because her yeah. son asked her to respect his privacy. Yeah. And so, yeah. and he, I saw a picture and I was like, wait a minute. Who there's, is that? <laughs> there's three. And then I asked yeah. Tracy, cause I was like, I totally thought you just had two kids, but he gave her the okay to post the picture. Yeah. And so I was yeah. like, oh, I get it now. Three. Yeah. yeah. There's three. Yeah. Didn't three. know. Well, he, yeah. Many years ago, um, he kind of started, was becoming aware of social media and Instagram and was like, are you posting things about me? His friends learned how to Google and Googled my name and found my blog and found his birth story. And that was the end of me um, just freely sharing things about <laughs> him. About just, his name is Justin. I can say his name. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but that's the start of my awareness around consent as well because Jovi obviously is nonverbal um, and I've been making a lot of decisions for her about what I'm sharing online or well, all the decisions basically. And I have to think about what would she want as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so con consent is one of the biggest things that um, I like to push on anybody that will listen. Um, <laughs> think about, think about whether this is appropriate for your child, your family. And cause once it's out there, it's out there. You can take it down, but it stays there in the internet somewhere. Um, so you don't have to post everything. Yeah. yeah. Didn't you and I have this conversation, Sarah, about stuff being forever? Yes, we did. Within the past mm. month. We we had this exact yeah, same conversation. I don't even remember what it was. Oh, I on. remember what it's about. What was it? Do we wanna share what was it what it was about? <laughs> you don't have to. No, you don't I, have <laughs> I don't even remember. But regardless, you you make an incredible point, Tracy, that it mm. It's there forever. Yeah. Even though yeah. Facebook, even though Instagram, even though YouTube, even Google, even though they may tell you it's not there, mm. all they've done is that they've turned off its availability to be out there in the public. But the thing is people yeah. and, and websites download that information yep. before you even know that it's been downloaded. And so when you yeah. make the decision, regardless of what your privacy settings are on those various platforms, when you make a decision mm -hmm. to put any information on there, uh, even even just to um, uh, do a search in, in YouTube or Google, something like that, mm -hmm. you're putting stuff out there uh, to the world and you have accepted the fact that that information could be public uh, to other people. Well, and it's, like the, it's like the I looked at a toaster once on a website <laughs> and then I saw 20 ads about toasters. <laughs> toasters. Yeah, and that brings me back to the the issue I brought up with the privacy and the Googleness because if it's listening to me and I'm saying, you know, diamond ring or some dark chocolate, I'm going to find that on my phone later <laughs> because it's listening to me. It's you can try it. It does happen so turn off Siri if you if you want, but um 
anything that goes on the internet is there. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've been on the internet for a long, long time, over 20 years, and it's things are still there. Nothing bad yeah. for me because I'm very smart, but um, it's you, you've got to be aware of yeah. everything that you put in, Google search words, um, things, you know, pictures, posts, they can be screen capped and someone could be saving mm -hmm. them, you know, it's, it's out there. So consent, consent matters. Yeah. Well, so is, is Jovi in a situation where you're able to have that conversation with her to receive consent either on an annual basis, on a post by post basis? How, how do you go about handling that? Or is that just you, um, putting yourself in her shoes? Well, for, for the most part, it's me just retelling part of her day. So it's, I think that's, um, quite, um, scandalous, I would say, or, or needing privacy. If it was a big thing, um, for example, if she was in hospital and she, I've taken a picture of her and she's hooked up to all kinds of machines. Um, I haven't posted ever um, because I ask her and she's obviously not well. So it is case by case. Um, but in general, I'm not really posting anything that's um, too, too worrisome for her. Yeah, I talk to her about consent all the time. Um, she's an 11 year old girl now, she's going through some changes and we're always having conversations um, about what's going on um, with her body, with her seizures, is she not feeling well? Because I think it's important to keep that open communication with our kids, no matter Brett syndrome or not. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, definitely. If it was something that I felt that was too private, she would be in charge of that, not me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And each, each family situation is going to be different. Uh, yeah. We, I think we all know uh, families who do feel comfortable sharing uh, those personal stories and those personal totally struggles. Fine, yeah. And that is uh, admirable and that is wonderful. And it is also very respectable yeah. to say, no, we want to maintain our privacy regarding this information or this situation that we're going through. Yeah. I just think, uh, I think about whether it's going to be educational or helpful to others. First. Mm. If it was something, you know, not that I wouldn't usually share, I would think, is this going to help others? I would speak to Joe about it. I would speak to my husband about it. Um, because, like I said, not everything has to be online. Um, there are things that you keep to yourself um, for the simple fact that they're private. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. Thank you. It has been a very enjoyable conversation. I have loved every second of it. And we're going to have to have you come back on sometime in the future to talk about more things. Absolutely. I've got so much to talk about. Um, <laughs> it's been such a great conversation with you guys. Thank you so much again for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I love talking with Tracy. She's so fun to talk to. It was awesome. I mean, it was several weeks ago because uh, we recorded it all before the holidays and whatnot. We wanted to get some in the bank, but it was just so much fun. It was so great. So if you guys haven't gone to check out any of uh, Tracy's social medias, you can check her out. Uh, Team Jovi uh, is her uh, Facebook, and I believe she's got an Instagram, Team Jovi, right? And then Remarkable uh, Podcast there's a, uh, an Instagram account for that as well. And like we mentioned at the beginning, she does a lot to kind of bring awareness to everything happening in the community, posting stories uh, about, uh, or sharing posts to her stories, I guess is what I should say, of, of other Rett Syndrome families and letting them know what's going on and, and all that stuff like that. So definitely go check her out and we will uh, really look forward to having her come on the podcast again in the future. All right, Sarah, what time is it? It's time for Can't Leave It. Yes, it is time for Can't Leave It. So Sarah, what can't you leave? I can't leave. Okay, so I went to Walmart and on an impulse, I bought an air fryer. What? Yeah. And, and you chastised me when I told you that I had put one in my Amazon wish list and I was considering buying it. 
Well, that is because you have not thought through where it was going to go <laughs> or anything like that. No, there there wasn't any any other parts. You told me when you brought it home that y- your justification for buying it is that you had decided where it could be put. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> there well, was no other thing. That's a very important part. We have a smallish kitchen. Yes. Not lots of storage. Yes. So if we were going to get something that size, we needed a spot to keep it. And I had a spot to put it. You know, I think this segment is becoming Sam and Sarah air their dirty laundry. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> but only with my can't leave it. No. No, uh, no, you got after me for my brownies last time. Oh, that's fair. That's why I'm saying okay, that it's us airing our fair. dirty laundry because you came after me for my brownies last time. I, well, I got after you for... You didn't have to bring it up again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, I got an air fryer. It was a good buy. It was a good buy. And in fact, it, it, it was a better product than the one that I was looking at. The one I was looking at, it was smaller. So that's right. Granted, it would have left us with more space in the kitchen. Well, it's not like we're using that space wisely anyway. So (laughs) anyway, I'm really excited to try all of sorts of everything. Mm. Just so long as I can uh, cook wings with it whenever I want. That's the only thing I care about. So yes. Well, Sam. What is your can't leave it? Uh, This one impacts our entire family. Oh. And that is Zoe's new stim chews that you found on Amazon. They're amazing. So if uh, you haven't heard or we haven't shared it yet, Zoe, a lot of of people with Rett syndrome, they, uh, they do some stimming with their mouth. And oftentimes it... It's in the form of grinding teeth. Our family is lucky enough that it is not grinding teeth. However, it is still loud. She has figured out how to click with her tongue. But it's not like a like clicking. But it's it, it's like, in the back. Yeah, it's it's weird because it's not in the front I, of I your I can mouth. do it. I can do it. Oh, I can't do it. Yeah. So so you're clicking with the back of your tongue, and it is horrible. I can't do it. Like I uh, like I said before, no. Yes, yeah, you're clicking with the with the tip of your tongue, and you need to. You're still clicking with the tip <laughs> of your tongue. No, no, it's got to be the back. It's really weird, but like I said, I love Zoe, but good heavens, she knows how to annoy me. Oh my gosh, it is. It's bad. It is so bad, you guys. Anyways, uh, Sarah, on a whim, sent me a, a text message and said, "We need to order these right now." And I just went ahead and ordered them. Didn't didn't think anything of it. it. Was like, okay, sounds good. I came in, and they are a godsend. They're amazing. Yeah. So what they are is a uh, it's like a silicone yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it's like a uh, silicone. Yeah, and it was it's in the shape of a feather. Um, it's like an inch and a half, it's two size, inches. It's like the size of my pinky. Yeah. Lengthwise. Yeah. And uh, it's on a necklace, and we're able to just. Put it in Zoe's mouth, and she can chew on it. And I had mentioned to Sarah that I was concerned that it was just going to cause her to produce a ridiculous amount of saliva, but it's not doing that. I was worried about that, too. Yeah, so it's not doing that. Anyways, they are incredible, and uh, I, I think we'll go ahead and leave a link to them in the show, show notes. These are not sponsored by us. We don't get any money for putting it on, on the show notes. It is literally something that we just love. Yes. And it's working really well for us right now. We'll we've we've only had it three days. Three days. Yeah. But they're amazing. Yeah. So we'll uh we'll let you know in a couple of months if we change our mind on it. <laughs> and then if we have to remove it uh from the show notes. But for the time being, they are an incredible find, good choice, reasonably priced. Um, and so if you are needing a uh something to save you from your child's um, mouth stimming, check it out. It may be a good option for you. And with that, thank you for joining us for this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. 
so that you are notified when we publish episodes, which is every other Monday morning. And please be sure to leave us a rating. Leave us a message or a question on the Anchor app and become part of the show. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pretty Happy Pod, where we share episode clips, news and updates, and photos of our adorable daughter. If you would like to be interviewed on our show, reach out to us on any of our social media accounts, or you can send us an email directly at prettyhappypod at gmail.com. For more information about Rett Syndrome, visit rettsyndrome.org.